Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Robin Boyd with you today. We have one more week that Sandra is off on uh, her summer vacation and uh, enjoying some time with the kids and doing some incredible marketing. Uh, she is maybe not on the air with me today, but she is working behind the scenes to do some incredible things to get our show out and uh, into the ears and eyes of many, many more people. Um, we have some celebrations coming up in September. We have on September 8th, I believe, is the next Monday after um, after Labor Day. We're going to be celebrating our 200th show. We are so excited. We are so proud. And we have just been very grateful to the Toganet Network for, um, for hosting us all of this time. And we are really looking forward to launching more programming um, in the coming months and hopefully Hopefully even longer. I had additionally in September we are going to be reaching our one millionth download of our podcasts. We are so proud. We're just bursting uh, with excitement over that. So um, thank you all and uh, do keep letting us know all the things that are important to you that uh, you care about because we certainly want to uh, continue bringing all of this information to you. Um, As you know, usually I like to peruse some of the mail or Facebook comments that come through to us. And before we welcome our guest, Kathleen Rogers, I just wanted to share a few ditties that came in through our um, through our mailbox, and one of them is through, um, as you all know, we have Military One Source uh, that we turn to many times for information. But if you've ever wondered what kind of resources were there for employment for you, the military spouse, you'll be excited to know that Military Spouse Employment Partnership now has a Facebook page and they have hiring events, job postings, career tips, and more. Um, I would encourage you to visit their Facebook page, which is Military Spouse Employment Partnership. Um, They do, of course, because it's military, have an acronym, (laughs) MSEP. And um, if you want to go to their website, it is a secure website, so it's HTTPS colon backslash backslash MSEP jobs dot military one source dot mil so you'll want to visit that additionally um, as many of you know Gary Sinise is very involved with military initiatives and support 
<laughs> we'll have we'll have Kathleen on in just a second. I can hear her in my ear. Um, we he was on Face the Nation yesterday morning uh, discussing his newest initiative called the American Veterans Disabled for Life Memorial. I just wanted to put it out there and encourage you to visit that Facebook page because I'm sure that he's going to be um, looking for support in many ways and forms. Gary Sinise's foundation and his last name is spelled S I. N-I-S-E. So look for that at the Gary Sinise Foundation Facebook page, or you can search it with hashtag American Veterans Disabled for Life Memorial. Another one of our good friends here on Military Mom Talk Radio is Military Connection. And they are revamping their website. If you haven't been there recently, do take a visit. They are in process, but there's a lot of new stuff on there. Um, And there was a recent article by their founder, Debbie Gregory, uh, which involves a new robotic arm that was recently developed. Um, And I'm quoting part of the article here saying that necessity is, in fact, a mother of invention in this day and age with various wounds and injuries from war leaving many service members and veterans in need advancements in the treatment care and adaptive equipment are vital well segway inventor dean Kamen, who's from my neck of the woods is one of the latest innovators to make a much needed contribution to improve the quality of life for war veterans Kamen has invented a prosthetic arm that provides a wide range of motion for amputees. Cayman has nicknamed his invention the Luke Arm in homage to the prosthetic arm fitted for character Luke Skywalker walker from star wars now amputees can operate the luke arm through a bluetooth sensor inside their shoe of all places the device is about the size of a matchbook and is designed to mimic the foot's movements uh, dean cayman's company deka d-e-k-a was given a federal grant of approximately 40 million dollars to develop the technology and cayman looks at this project with the understanding that he would not be developing an item for the masses. He is aware that he was building this product for veterans with the hope that very few people will ever have to rely on his invention. He's quoted in saying, we didn't start making these because we thought it would be a big business. He said, we made these things because these soldiers deserve the very best possible technology that's available. If you'd like a little more on this article and a plethora of other information that Debbie has built into this website, stuff you can reuse right to the very minute, we want you to go to militaryconnection.com and say hi to Debbie for us. Today we are welcoming a delightful guest. Kathleen Rogers grew up in a family of six in Clovis, New Mexico, home of Cannon Air Force Base and the Santa Fe Railroad. She spent countless hours daydreaming about what it would be like to be somebody else, and it wasn't long that those daydreams became the basis for her stories and publications. She's the wife of an Air Force fighter pilot, mother of a soldier, conqueror of many personal challenges that she's quite candid about, and a person who is an absolute joy and inspiration to be with. Kathleen Rogers, welcome. Thank you, Robin. I'm so glad that you're here today. Uh, We've been chatting a little bit back and forth over the week, and I'm just thrilled to chat with you again. We've had you here before, but it's been quite a while, so thank you for spending some time with us today. 
Thank you for the invitation. I'm delighted to be here. You are one busy lady, and um, your um, writing has been, you've been published for quite a number of years. You were um, in Family Circle a long, long time ago, um, and many other publications. Um, Was it difficult for you to go from the point where you had some thoughts and some, some essays that you were writing and some poetry to becoming published? Did you find that a difficult transition? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I've been writing 40 years. I'm showing my age. <laughs> I, I, I started when I was 15 on the high school newspaper there in Clovis, New Mexico. But really, if I, if I think about my professional life, it's really when I was about 19 or 20, and started getting paid for my work. So I've been I've been a professional writer over 35 years. Um, everything to me has been a stepping a, a stepping stone. Um, rungs on the ladder. Uh, poetry was my way in, and then it was essays. Then it was magazine and newspaper articles and interviews. And um, I'd always wanted to write. A novel because I love the long story form, but I, you know, when I was younger, I tried. I've got two uncompleted manuscripts in a bottom drawer. Most <laughs> most novelists do, and those are cadavers I harvest from for ideas. I'll, I'll never write those novels. But um, the writing process for me is a journey, like everything else. It's a, I'm a work in progress as a person, and so is my writing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just. I had to teach myself how to write fiction, and here I've been writing for national magazines for years, but writing first-person narrative stories and interviewing people was different than trying to sit down and write a novel. And mm. uh, I just, it was, you know, trial and error, a road of hard knocks. Mm. We're going to, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes uh, before we go to our very first break. But in that time, I'd like to just get your thought. Now with the computer and people writing blogs, do you think it's easier for budding authors to be recognized more easily because of this media? Or do you think it presents even more of a challenge? I think it can work both ways. You know, anybody can set up a blog and, mm-hmm. and call themselves a writer, and, and that's fine. Um, there's more venues for writers, but at the end of the day, you still, to really get an audience, you have to learn your craft. You have to work to get your work polished. And mm-hmm. whether it's in you know a, a huge publication, a national publication, or on a blog that you share with a few people, you want your work to stand out. But I would encourage... Anyone out there that's wanting to write, you know, nowadays there are ways. You can start your blog and share it with your friends and family and try to get people to come on there. But, uh, you know, it's writing's writing. Technology mm-hmm. helps. Technology is just a tool. That's all the computer is, is a tool. Sure. And whether I, I still write by hand a lot, too. I, I do it all. It's just mm-hmm. how I get my thoughts down and then how, how to organize the thoughts into some semblance of a story. And I think as much as it is good to have blogs out there and to have um, exposure, I guess, if you will, because certainly some of these 
people who have either gone viral with some of their uh, YouTube sessions and whatnot, I think there still is a very fine art to writing and writing well. Um, And one of those things is sometimes getting a publisher to get an editor to to spend that time to make sure that the craft that you put out is, as you say, the very best. Um, we're going to head out to a commercial break, Kathleen. We're with Kathleen Rogers today, a uh, an author and. Air Force pilot wife, a mother of a soldier, and a truly incredible woman. I'd like to talk a little bit about some of your early publications, Kathleen, on the other side of the break. We're here today on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. It's time to devote time to yourself. And strap yourself in for a fun, down-to-earth, enthusiastic, compassionate, easy-to-understand discussion on the unlimited ways you can be all that you want to be. Join us for Bee Institute Radio with Christine McKee on Toginet Radio. Each week, Christine will have lively and open discussions and interviews, share stories and case studies, and hear from experts on the topic of the week. Christine, a registered psychologist from Australia and published author of Be By Design, How I Be Is Up To Me, hosts lively discussions and interviews every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard. Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning in to your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world from your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature soul sense system, Anne offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. 
covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today while Sandra Beck is finishing her summer vacation. And uh, we look forward to having Sandra back really soon. Um, Today we're talking with Kathleen Rogers. She is an author and an inspiration on so many levels. uh, And I'm sure a source of strength for so many who have read her articles and found comfort and solace. And just plain old camaraderie in in the words and and the things that you have written. Kathleen, I have. I, I, I would like to sort of direct our conversation a little bit to an article you wrote in Family Circle way back in 1994. But before we talk about that, I'd like to just get a little um, uh, timeline as far as when you were married and was your husband already enlisted um, or did you marry first and then he enlisted? I I was 21 when I married my husband. He was a captain in the Air Force. He was already a fighter pilot. Oh, wow. And okay. I grew up in Clovis, New Mexico, and met him. Mm-hmm. He was stationed at the base. And mm-hmm. my two sisters and I said we were never going to date base apes. And <laughs> then I married one. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because you said never. <laughs> right. And did you um, get stationed in Alaska? Did you follow him to Alaska soon thereafter? Or I know you spent time there. Right. Uh, We got married in New Mexico at the base chapel. We lived in three years in Arizona, Mm -hmm. then back into central Texas where my husband was at Fort Hood and worked with the Army closely for two years. Hmm. Then we got orders, went to Alaska for three years and to... uh, the interior of Alaska at a small Air Force base right outside of Fairbanks, and my two sons were born at the Army Hospital up there. Then mm. we moved to Louisiana and uh, three years there, and that's where my husband retired. Then we moved to mm-hmm. the Dallas-Fort Worth area where he flew for American Airlines for, oh gosh, almost 23 years. Mm, and he did just retire, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, that's good. Have him on the ground for a little while. <laughs> he he doesn't miss it. He doesn't miss hotels or airports. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, when you've, it's all well and good for a few years when you're younger, but I'm sure after a while that does. And that meant you had to be sort of the sole parent for your sons for quite a while, I'm sure. Yes, Uh you know, when he was home, it was 100%, but when he was gone, you know, it, I say I was a single parent at times. I mean, mm-hmm. not really, because I still had his oh, support. Sure. But I did a lot of things, a lot of holidays, birthdays, me and the boys, mm-hmm. but we made it work. We've had numbers, a number of people talk about just this very scenario, that it is difficult. Uh, you, you are sort of the one in control. You're the one to make all the decisions. You pay the bills. You sort of do all of that and all alone while they're away, whether it's deployed or whether then, then when he was flying with American Airlines. I'm sure it was no different. Um, did you find the transition if he was home for a short amount of time and then had to leave again? Did you find it um, jarring for your, for your family's sort of day-to-day tempo? Yeah, I guess it's, uh, for my family, it was one of those things where we just, 
my boys, when they were little, I mean, they, we all just sort of got in the groove. Um, you know, we always knew, you know, daddy's going to be gone for three days, home for a couple of days, gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny now to have him home 24 hours. I'm like, honey, go ride your Harley. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I like to think that when my husband was gone, I think it helped strengthen our marriage because it really made me appreciate, uh, you know, when he wasn't here and something broke or just having that emotional support uh, as, you know, to, to have the other parent to help with my sons. Mm-hmm. But um it, it, I can't really complain because it's it was a great he had a great career he loved he had two flying careers twenty years flying fighters almost mm-hmm. twenty years in the airlines and and he's very supportive with my writing and supportive of our sons and their mm-hmm. their uh, career choices they made after college so mm-hmm. you How wanted to you... ask me about the family circle um, yes in I was, I did. I did want to get into that um, because I'm sure that your article was written sort of in between all of this time that you had to be independent. And I guess part of why I needed to sort of frame up talking about your article was you were so in control in so many other areas that this one element of your life must have been difficult for you to personally conquer. Your article entitled Dying to be Thin was quite profound. Uh, Yes, that came out in 1994 uh, to millions of readers Mm -hmm. around the country. Um, I'd already sold two other pieces to them, so that was the third piece I sold to Family Circle. Of course, I'd already written for Military Times for years, but... uh, uh, for those listening, I am a recovered bulimic. I had the eating disorder bulimia from the age of 14 to 29, oh. and I'd been writing around it. I'd written all these other things, and, you know, uh, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, I take, you know, real life in my ina- imagination and stir it up into a pot. But with the bulimia, it was one of those things where it was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to tackle this. And so I sent a query to my editor at Family Circle, and I was very nervous because I thought, oh, my gosh, they know mm-hmm. me as this Air Force pilot's wife, and, you know, mm-hmm. I write about family, military lifestyle and family stuff. And this is in the old days before the Internet. I sent out my, my snail mail back in those days. Mm-hmm. Less than a week later, I got a letter from my editor saying, yes, we want you to write the story. It was wow. very liberating for me. Mm. to write that piece, and when it came out, you know, the old term coming out of the closet, but (laughs) it it made me braver. It made me, I started speaking out about it. I went to groups. I went to church groups. I talked to drill teams, uh, teenagers, anybody who would listen about don't suffer in silence. And uh, and it's, it's a subject that I'm very passionate about. Um, mm-hmm. It's very far behind me, but there again, I could like, it could be right there where I could step off the cliff. You know, I know how to survive on this side of having bulimia. Mm-hmm. I've been, uh, my youngest son that is deployed to Afghanistan, mm-hmm. uh, I, he is 20, almost 27, and by the time he was born, that's kind of my benchmark was when I say that is when I could say I was recovered. Um, 
when I got pregnant with my oldest son, who just turned 29, I'd already been to psychotherapy. I, I, I just worked so hard, but I, I don't really know if it was the tools from, from going to the psychiatrist and the hard work and prayer, but uh, my sons are part of the reason that I recovered because they gave me a focus. And, and also, having my sons is amazing because my writing career actually took off once I became a mother. I, I had no time, and yet okay. I, I made time. And um, so they're my inspiration. My new novel, Johnny Come Lately, is dedicated to my two sons. I'm oh, so proud yes. that I was yes. able to do that. I can only imagine this must have been such a cathartic effort in that you were writing fiction for the most part before this and having this be such a um, personal reveal, it must have been very difficult. How long did it take you to completely write this piece? To write the article for Family Circle? Yeah. Oh, uh, just probably once the editor gave me the go, I think I had like three weeks. You know, I signed the contract and it was nice too because I got paid a lot of money. They... You know, they pay top dollar. And, of course, I wanted that byline. But uh, I had to just focus. And when my boys were little, when when I wrote it, when when they were in school, I wrote. I kept office hours Mm -hmm. and um, sent it to the editor. She sent it back. We had to tweak it. It was very frightening when the story first came out. I'm sure it was. I can only imagine (laughs) <laughs> this was a very brave step that you took. But then I started hearing from readers. And back in the day, before mm-hmm. the Internet, if, if a reader read a magazine article and he or she wanted to, you know, get hold of that writer, they had to write a letter to the magazine in care of the writer. And you know what? I heard from people around the country, all women, different ages, and I realized then that there was a reason that I was supposed to step out in faith. I'd gone to my two ministers at my church about a week before the story hit the newsstands. Mm. And they prayed with me. Uh, one's a, mayor, uh, a woman named Mary, and then the mm. other was a man named Johnny. And they said, remember, you are stepping out in faith. And you know what? I decided with all my writing, I'm stepping out in faith and, and taking risk. Because if for me as a writer, if I don't take risk, my writing is, you know, it's not, I, I, I want to write with emotional impact, whether it's funny, sad, somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. I want to take the reader on an emotional journey. And then at the end, with everything I've ever written, it's not sugary, sweet, or sappy, but I leave my readers with hope. Because and hope this, is huge in this world. This indeed did that very thing. Your art, this article is on your website and I want to make sure that people know where to find you. It is Kathleen with a K, M as in Mary, Rogers is spelled R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot com. We are with Kathleen today. She's going to be with us on the other side of the break on Military Mom Talk Radio and we do hope you'll stay tuned because there's lots more to come. Be back in a moment. Thank you. 
Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it- In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Everybody, everybody. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad you're with us today. This is a very, very special show with Kathleen Rogers. Uh, if you've missed any part of this show, we encourage you to go to our website, militarymomtalkradio.com, and you can always get the podcasts there for this show as well as every show that we have have published. Uh, we want to encourage you to visit our show page here on the Choganet station, and we also invite you to visit us at iTunes because they are all there on iTunes. Every single one of them, 200 coming next month. Uh, Today we are with Kathleen Rogers. She is a military wife, a military mom, award-winning author. And uh, Kathleen, let's before we chat a little bit more, let's say uh, a a hello to your son, who you said is still deployed. Yes, uh, I can't say exactly where he is in Afghanistan, and his it's uh, First Lieutenant J.P. Rogers. And my family is very proud of him. And equally, I would like to shout out to my other son, Thomas Rogers, who is an award-winning artist. He has been so supportive of his brother. Uh, It's amazing. I have two sons. They're very different. And yet they've supported each other and through this whole deployment. It's just been incredible to see my sons reaching out to each other. Mm. I did my job because they fought when they were little. <laughs> <laughs> what sibling doesn't? I think that gives you a little street sense by <laughs> having a little a little tiff with your sibling every so often. But um, it is, isn't it? I have two adult children as well, and I love listening to my kids 
now as adults communicate and talk and share. Uh, my son will come home and say, have you talked to Emily lately? And, and I got to talk to her. She's, I got to tell her about such and such if, if he's done something. And I think it's wonderful. It is. It's, it does your uh, mother's heart good. Mm. When and all children of get along. out there who have little ones who are right now probably uh, throwing something at each other or doing whatever, they they will come around. Yes, <laughs> we they are will. I promise. <laughs> they will come around. Um, one of the, um, but I, I do want to talk about your novel, The Final Salute. But in between there, you did write a poem called The Lady Let Him Fly. Oh, thank you, Robin. I'm going to (laughs) cry. I am, too, because when I read this, it was a very emotional piece. And uh, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit of a backstory on that. Okay, The Lady Let Him Fly. First of all, I want to say that the final salute is coming back out from Deerhawk Publications out of Pensacola in mm-hmm. paperback and ebook of all new packaging, re-editing. I'm so excited. And in the final salute is The Lady Let Him Fly. I'm so uh-huh. thrilled that they'll be together. Um, the Lady Let Him Fly has been published in many military journals. And um, also it was in a book called Because I Fly from McGraw-Hill. So that was a huge deal for me, you know, New York publisher. Oh, yeah. But the, the Lady Let Him Fly fly has a sad beginning uh march 1987 i was pregnant with my son that's deployed right now and um half of our fighter squadron up in alaska they were deployed to norway and sadly uh one of the pilots in his a-10 went missing it took two weeks to find the crash he had barely he he hit the top of a mountain and the crash site was buried under an avalanche but when he went missing, my husband got the call in the middle of the night. The command post called us, and my husband had to put his uniform on and go with the team to inform the young wife that her husband was missing and, of mm-hmm. course, presumed dead. And what happened for me is I, my husband left the house. I had no idea where he was going. It didn't dawn on me that there might be a plane down. Mm. I, that was still the Cold War. We were living in Alaska. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to war with Russia. You know, I just I couldn't think yeah. of any other uh, what that could be. But long story short, that morning, the phone rang. It was my husband, and he told me what happened. And I had to get to Fairbanks because I had an OB appointment at the Army Hospital. Mm. And halfway there, I'm, I'm driving, and I'm feeling incredibly guilty as a pilot's wife. I, it's hard to explain. Other pilots' wives know what I'm talking about. We're so thankful that our husband is okay. It's knowing that someone else is suffering and, and an unholy fear that I always had of my own husband. And so I'm driving to my appointment on this snow-packed highway to Fairbanks, Alaska, and the end of the plane came to me first. And I couldn't wait to get to the hospital, get into the room before the doctor came in, and I just started scribbling on any kind of piece of paper I could find. Sure, sure. After I got home, got my toddler at the time, my Thomas was two, yeah, or not quite two yet, I got him situated, and I sat down with my legal pad, and I wrote the rest of the poem in basically one sitting, which is unheard of for me. So I feel like 
it's hard to explain where that poem came from. And uh, it was read at the pilot. His name was Carter Wallen. And the poem was read at his memorial service. Oh. And then it went on to be read at several other, uh, sadly, at several other memorial services. But um, that poem, I, I just heard from two pilot's widows um, just this summer. One is Susan Hunter, and another is Paula Ayotte, now Paula Mills. One of the, uh, Susan I've never met except for over the phone. Paula and I met in 1980 when her, I'm sorry, 1990 when her husband got killed. And I gave her the poem as a comfort. And since then she's contacted me and the poem is so special to me. I, I can, that's the only poem of all the poems I've ever written. I think I could recite it by heart. But don't ask me to right now. (laughs) (laughs) It is very, very special. And I think because um, you can right from the very beginning realize what's happening in this poem. And you, because sometimes poems allude to different things and and open up different meanings to people. This was so poignant. And I, again, um, I'm so glad that it's going to be in um, the final salute, because it sort of is a, a preface, I guess you could say, to the final salute. Yes, there's another poem that actually opens the final salute up, and that's called Taps. And mm-hmm. that poem is very special. That was written by my late friend, Mary Ellen Petey Husson. Her nickname was Petey. And she lived long enough to see her poem published in the original publication of The Final Salute. That came out in 2008. Uh-huh. And sadly, Petey died the following July of a neuro- neurological disorder. Uh-huh. But uh, in the new edition, Taps will open up the novel, and the lady let him fly gets the last word. Gets it wrapped. That's wonderful. What was... Um, was the a final salute based on fact, a culmination of facts, or was it really fiction that you kind of derived knowing what the military environment was? All of those things. Okay. Um, it took me 16 years to get that book right. The boys were little when I started it in 1992, right after we moved to Texas. I waited till my husband retired. So I could tell the truth through fiction. Sure. Um, I, there were two things that drove me on the final salute. One was the death of fighter pilots in peacetime training missions. And the second thing was sex scandals and how those are handled in the military. And, and then I wrapped the story around um, the first Gulf War. So Desert Shield, Desert Storm, that's, that's a part of the story. But um, when I think of the final salute, I took real things. I took my imagination. And, again, I mix them in a big gumbo. Mm-hmm. And names are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm delighted that uh, there's one gentleman in Virginia. His name is Freddie. He's read the novel. 12 times and i'm hoping he will read johnny come lately because freddie needs a new book to read (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, an interesting thing you just said, you waited until your husband was retired before you actually published this. Was this because of his career or just because of your time? I, I think it was both. Uh, once we left the military and we moved to a civilian community, when I, all those years I was working on the final salute, and I was still writing for Military Times and Family mm. Circle, you know, I did it all mm. and raised my sons. Um, the Air Force aspect, the story became more alive in my imagination. And I, Louisiana is the setting at a small base there in the community. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it. I think Hemingway had said at one time that he could write about places <laughs> better once he wasn't there. The, the places you've left are so alive in your imagination. And um, I think that's what happened for me. Huh. And, and I want to say that the final salute, even though the setting is at an Air Force base in Louisiana, Mm-hmm. that it could be, you could take the Air Force, the military aspect out. It could be any small town anywhere in America. And you could ha- take the fighter pilot aspect out, and it could be your factory workers. It could be, yes. you know, just, it's about people. It could be a small town anywhere as opposed to a small base. Sure, sure. Kathleen, we have one more commercial break that's coming up. And on the other side, um, I want to make sure that we have time to talk about Johnny Come Lately, um, which has also been with you in your heart for a little bit of time. And I'm so glad that Johnny Kitchen is now coming to light uh, in this book. And this book is being released February 1st of 2015. Is that correct? Yes, from Camel Press, and a big okay. shout out to Camel Press, to Catherine Treadgold and Jennifer McCord in Seattle, and a big shout out to my agent, Jeannie Loyacona, for finding Johnny Kitchen a good home. Oh, <laughs> that's very special. Um, and we also want to make sure people know where the final salute is, is that uh, through your website, through Amazon, through your publisher, where should they find that? They can pre-order right now on Amazon. And uh, that publishing date is actually, the release date is September 9th, 2014, for the final okay. salute for the republication. And everything's still, the, it's on Amazon right now, the Kindle edition, okay. the paperback. Uh, they haven't quite meshed up on the pages. And then eventually it'll be out in other retail uh, book bookstores. So exciting. Kathleen Rogers is our guest today. We are so honored and thrilled to have you here, Kathleen. We've got one more segment on the other side of the commercial break here on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togenet.com. 
Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tubaca inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the million-dollar mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the million-dollar mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Help us Put your name at the top of his list and Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad you're with us today. This is Robin Boyd with you. And uh, we have Kathleen Rogers today, military wife, military mom, author of the award-winning novel, The Final Salute, which was ranked number one on Amazon's top-rated war fiction in 2012 and ranked number two on Amazon's best-selling military aviation in 2010. This has already received such accolades. I can only imagine where this next publication is going to go or publishing is going to go. I'm so glad it's being re-released. Oh, I am too. I'm thrilled. And a big shout-out to Aurelia Stans at Deerhawk Publications in Pensacola for bringing and breathing new life into the story. And a big thank you to my original publisher, Leatherneck, Publishing and Navigator Books, because those two presses launched the final salute into the world. Mm, that's wonderful. And um, earlier in the show, Kathleen, you said that there was a couple of manuscripts or, or uh, beginnings of manuscripts that were in your bottom drawer that may never, ever come to light. But one that did was your protagonist, Johnny Kitchen, and she now is uh, very much going to be in everybody's eyes when Johnny Come Lately is released in February. I am thrilled. Johnny Kitchen came to me years ago while I was working on the final salute, and I really didn't know exactly what her story was, but I loved I loved her name, Johnny, and I knew she was going to be named after a dead uncle 
that died before she was born. I didn't really know too much else about her, except I did know that she was going to be a recovered bulimic. And um, that's about all I knew. But I knew mm-hmm. at the time that if I ever wrote that story, that, that I would end it in some hope. And I'm so excited. I, I think Johnny Come Lately is the best thing I've ever written. But, of course, I'm the author, so I'm going to say that. <laughs> but um, I'm thrilled. I worked on it. It took me six years. Now, in those six years, in the early stages, I started take, writing the story in January of 2007 at SMU, Southern Methodist University. I took some mm-hmm. writing classes at night over there. And thanks to Suzanne Frank and Dan Hale, my instructors. Um, but I, and then the final salute came out in 2008, so I got busy promoting. Sure. And so Johnny Come Lately was written here and there and... Uh, Scatter shot like I do everything in life. There is nothing I'm not organized, but I get my things done because I'm about follow through. But uh, I'm thrilled about Johnny Come Lately, and I hope that this story will touch people's lives, and not just women. Camel mm-hmm. Press has listed it as, they're saying it's, you know, women's fiction. But mm-hmm. really, I don't write girly. I write for men and women, and I think there's enough in Johnny Come Lately that I'm hoping it will appeal for all my male readers from the final salute and new male readers out there. I write about people. Okay, and and you certainly do because your characters are so well-developed. Your characters are complete uh, in your writing, and I think that that's a gift, Kathleen. Not everyone is able to craft a character so that you really feel like you know that person, and that person then is a part of your life, and I think your characters do remain a part of people's lives. Oh, thank you, Robin. That means so much to me. That's, that's what I'm striving for as a writer. I want people to remember the story, and if it helps mm-hmm. them in some way. Mm-hmm. When you say, and I'd like to talk a little bit about the writing process. When you say, uh, because in 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 many instances we've had uh, people from the Military Writers Society of America, which you are very involved with, um, and we have so many people talking about everybody's got a story somewhere in their heart that needs to come out. And sometimes the roadblocks that are just keeping them from doing it is just that very first pen in hand and word on paper. When you say that you kind of were helter-skelter with writing about Johnny's story, was it difficult to get back, get your train of thought back when you had sort of maybe some pads of paper that had things written on them and then you came back to it months later and wrote a little more? Was that difficult to... It, it was a few things that I just, I just, I just had to do it. I didn't want to be a one-book author, even though I've got tons of credits as a magazine and newspaper writer. Right. I wanted to have at least two novels out. Mm-hmm. I, it took going home um, in 2009 or 10. I've lost track of time, but I went to my home library, Clovis Carver Public Library. Margaret, mm-hmm. Margaret Hinchy's the director, and she, she and I went to high school together, but. I saw the final salute up on the shelf at, the, at my home library, and I thought, final salute looks pretty lonely there. I want Johnny Come Lightly up there next to that book. <laughs> and it was things like that, and I thought, this 
story is the best thing I've ever written. I've got to finish it. And then mm-hmm. here's the clincher. One day my husband came home from flying, an American, and I was piddling around. And he yeah. came in the kitchen, still in his airline uniform, and he said, Kathy, I want to see Johnny come lately published <gasps> before I die. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I set up, and I'm like, it was funny, but I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And what I did is I, I gave myself permission to finish it and do it the best way I could. And it, it's and now I've started a third novel, and I've been a bit distracted after my son deployed, but I've got to get back on it. September 1st is my new deadline to get back into the new novel called Seven Wings to Glory, mm. which is the sequel to Johnny Come Lately. Oh, how exciting. The, your, your blog we just printed uh, or reprinted last week on our website uh, about your son's deployment. Uh, it, and that was very touching as well. I think it, everybody listening has had someone that, that they've had to hug and say goodbye for a while to and um, hope that it won't be long before they'll be back. Did you, um, were you expecting him to join? Did you think one of your sons would join, or was it a surprise? No, it, it, and I'll be honest, I took that theme, and Johnny Come Lately, the cover may not have any kind of military stuff on it, but there is a military theme through this novel as well, but it's mm-hmm. very different than the first one. Um, Johnny Kitchen's 17-year-old son, Kate, is going to surprise her. Our youngest son was out at Texas Tech his junior year, called me one day, he was 22 at the time, and he says, I, I just came from the uh, recruiter's office. I said, the recruiter's office? Uh-huh. And that's when he told me he'd been talking to the Army recruiter, and I'm like, oh, JP, I don't want you to join in the Army We're at a time of war. He says, "I'm Mom, I'm 22 years old, it's my decision. Uh-huh. And I said, well, okay, Dad, and I'll get behind you, and he ended up, he graduated from college in 2010. He went, he went to basic training at Fort Leonard Wood. He did it the hard way. He, he enlisted, and then he had his talk to Officers Candidate School. And um, so it's been, it's been interesting to go from being a military wife to being a military mom. And I'll be quite honest, uh, I think being a military mom is harder. Mm-hmm. Especially when your child, who's a grown man, but you know, I'm a protector. I'm I'm supposed to protect my children, mm-hmm. and there's nothing I can do. You know, he's out of my reach. Plus, he's grown up, but yep, he's still, but it, I think the mother claws only get longer <laughs> the older <laughs> our children get. <laughs> I think you're right. I, it, it is so difficult to. Um, you know that they are smart. You know that they are capable. You know that they are going to do the very best job. But there's always a risk in in this line of business, and um, we as moms can't avoid facing that. Right. Yeah. And and there is the risk, but there's all there's risk every day. Of course, uh, there is in anything we do, and. I'm just, I have a lot of people around the country praying for JP and his men. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just incredible. It's an incredible feeling. Yes, there's the pride, and we're proud of him. 
<laughs> but a low point, and what brought the war home to us was May 23rd, 2012. JP's roommate from Officer Candidate School was killed in Afghanistan. His name was, mm-hmm. he was Second Lieutenant Travis Morgado. Mm-hmm. And I, Travis Morgado, I never want his name to be forgotten. There are so many others. But um, Spouse Buzz uh, at Military.com, they approached me one day after I came back from sending J.P. off. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, J.C. Eckhart asked me if I would write a piece. I sat down on that Tuesday and I wrote it was 600 words, but I wrote it from my heart. It was a hard piece to write. It Very scared much. me, but I did it. And, um, and I'm proud of it. And it's moved so many people, including us here at Military Mom Talk Radio. Very, very moving. Um, And uh, we respect and thank you for writing that piece. But our hearts are not only with JP, but as you say, with all of those who are out there still um, doing their job. Because our freedom is because of their job. So we thank thank you you for that. Yes. We've come to the end, Kathleen, and I want to make sure we've got just a minute. Uh, where are people going to find Johnny Come Lately? Johnny Come Lately, uh, it's on pre-order right now, the paperback at Amazon.com. Uh, okay. But then Feb- February 1st is the release date, and the, the e-book will be out. Johnny Come Lately will be on Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Pals, um, Hudson Bookseller, a lot of the online retailers and and final salute i believe will be in some of those other places as well it it will not be exclusively neither one will be just on Amazon. They'll be at other uh, online retailers. Sure. And I want to make sure people know Kathleen M. Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot com is your website. You're also very active on Facebook. If you look for Kathleen M. Rogers on Facebook, they will find you. I encourage people to look for you there and um, all of the wonderful things that are coming your way. Thank you, Kathleen, so much for being with us. You you are such an inspiration. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you so much for having me. And a hey to Sandra. We sure will. Thanks so much. Next week, we've got uh, a show for you uh, to sort of say goodbye to summer. And then don't forget, September 8th, we're going to celebrate 200 shows of Military Mom Talk Radio. Thanks so much for being with us. We look forward to having you.